Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Forever. Hey everyone! Good morning. <laughs> Good afternoon. Good morning. Good night. Good evening. What's Somewhere it's evening. Yes, it is. <laughs> ah! You know, I had to move. I I move out of my room into the the front of my apartment to record this because someone is someone is playing their telenovela so loud. <laughs> Well, I actually can, I like it because um, you can, you look, you're obviously by the, the window. The sunlight so you're, striking you're my beautiful. face. Yeah, yeah. Good. it's a good, you're looking it's good? good lighting situation. I'm aware of it. I've used it more than mm-hmm. once. I like it, I like I'm it, right. I like it. So. <laughs> uh, welcome to It's welcome a Mess, folks. To it's a Mess, that's right. <laughs> the advice column, the, the advice podcast column by two completely unqualified but very good and very caring <laughs> advice givers. Yes, that is so true. We are caring. No, we are. I'm definitely <laughs> very empathetic to all of these letters that I got. And we did get a lot of letters this week. This week was kind of, I don't know. There's some actually really good. I mean, I think the people have, I think the letters have just been getting better and better. Like the people writing in, they've been, do you agree? Well, we've definitely been getting more been letters. Getting- I don't know if that's because... People are just trusting us more with their problems. Or just, <laughs> or they're like, I'm gonna wait and see if what happens to this person. You know, like <laughs> yeah. So they're like, I'm gonna hear this. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, but we've definitely been getting a lot of letters. You know what I was thinking? Like, I was wondering if we should My. do an episode just on Drag Race because so many people write to us about drag race like they want to share their opinion about drag race and ask if we have the same opinion on drag race and obviously it has a lot to do with you being on the show so we might have to do a drag race episode i was just thinking about that recently. maybe we will no <laughs> or at least a drag <laughs> well we already had a drag queen episode because we I, I guess we must have a lot of drag queen listeners because a lot of people a lot of people's call one probably asking you more than me about their drag questions. I can't stop touching my beard. My be- I've never I had know, this much going hair on? before on my face, <laughs> and I'm just like, no matter what I do, I went out and I wore curlers in my hair last week. I was like, oh, this is a look. Let's do this. It's pretty. You wore yeah, the curlers. Wore the curl- Did you do you not check my Instagram? I thought you were my friend. I saw it. I did, but I didn't see you going yeah, I went out. out. I, I went didn't out know to the food bar. Okay, but stop. You're okay, obsessing. Yeah. All right, sorry. I am obsessing. <laughs> I am obsessing. I'm, all right, so um, the theme of the show today is coins, which is all about money, coins, ducats, um, shekels in your pockets. So I can. Do you use the word shekels? Tobel von Cartier is the only person I know that uses the word shekels. <laughs> I need my shekels, honey. I want my shekels. <laughs> so, uh, 
Uh, so this topic is coins. It's all about money. And all, we got three questions about money problems we're going to address. But before we do, do what's going to happen? It is time for our weekly segment called Exemplary Queens. <laughs> Exemplary Queens is a segment where we honor the movers and shakers in and out of the LGBTQ plus IA IA plus community <laughs> yeah, uh, right. who are doing great things. And this week's exemplary queen is none other than Lena Waithe, who is an Emmy award-winning American screenwriter, producer, and actress. Um, and a lot of people don't know she actually got her start behind the scenes after graduating from uh, school in 2006. She was executive producer on the show Girlfriends. Remember that show? Girlfriends. Hey! Mm-hmm. And uh, then she moved on to produce the film, the l- fabulous film called uh, Dear White People. Um, and which is now a TV show. Um, and, uh, she became the very first black woman to, uh, win the primetime Emmy award for outstanding writing for a comedy series in 2017, uh, for writing the show, uh, Thanksgiving episode of, uh, Master of None. Yes, 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 yes. Mm. Uh, which was basically uh, based loosely based on her personal experience of coming out to her mother, which was, uh, I think, a I really good that. kind of in- queer introduction, like an, int- an, a, an official acknowledgement of her queerness. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, you know, you might look at her and assume or think or whatever, but like to bring it into your art is, I think, just, it was a beautiful way to bring her queerness into mm-hmm. her art, basically. Um, she worked her way through Hollywood, building relationships, and eventually appearing on early on in the show The Comeback with Lisa Kudrow, mm-hmm. uh, before landing her very first starring role in the Netflix comedy series Master of None. Um, and, uh, and now she's moved on to create the critically acclaimed Showtime series, The Kai. Uh, Lena is not only a force to be reckoned with artistically, but she also lives and breathes what it means to demonstrate art as activism. Uh, she never fails to represent her Chicago roots and her Black excellence as a queer woman of color. Mm. Most notably at the Met Gala in 2018, when she so famously wore the pride flag, which included the Black and Brown inclusive version mm. uh, of, the, of the pride flag as a cape on the carpet. Uh, and she was also, she's been wearing, I, I would say she's been wearing a crown long before we ever acknowledged it. But now it's time to stand up and all hail this week's exemplary queen, Lena Waithe. You go, girl. Lena. Yes, girl. I'm, all hail. All right. So <laughs> this week's topics is called Coins and Cha-ching. we got a lot actually not a super lot i probably just like wanted to do something <laughs> we haven't done before or this topic so we i did pick the ones about money that people um wrote us about and some of them were pretty interesting and there's like kind of like different mm-hmm. perspectives on the money situation so i thought i don't know i really want to turn this into a show look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
So let's hit the first question. Um, coins. Coins. Do you want to do the first one? <laughs> yes. Right. I'm ready for you. Okay, it's time for the very first question. Mm-hmm. Cue music. Do, do, do. Hey guys, I'm a straight white female emailing you from my desk in Brooklyn, New York. I have, mm-hmm, Brooklyn, where Brooklyn at? <laughs> I've been dating this guy for four months. He is so sexy. He's got a big dick, mm, and a lot of money, mm-mm-mm. <laughs> and <laughs> he also makes me laugh. Okay, well, I'll take it or leave it. Uh, but something <laughs> the big dick, though. that's not, <laughs> something that's not a laughing matter is that he does not tip. He literally does not believe in tipping. If we go out to eat, he gets the bill, which he always does, um, but does not tip. And when I bring it up to him, he rolls his eyes. He talks about how the waitress makes an hourly rate, which, well, whatever, I'll talk about that later, (laughs) and throws a dollar bill, a dollar on the table and just a dollar on the table and just, uh, you know, just to appease me. I actually know, already know that I want to break up with him because I am so annoyed by how cheap he is. My friends tell me that it's just one thing about him and it's not that big of a deal, but I think it speaks volumes. I always worked in the service industry for about nine years while in high school, uh, while in school supporting my, myself in college, which is something that his privileged upbringing just really doesn't seem to understand. Why are people so cheap? Do you have any idea? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I really want to know. I'm still planning on breaking up with him before the spring, but I want to know, do you think I'm wrong? Signed, Naomi Smalls, Vanilla Coke. I'm going to say Vanilla Diet Coke. Okay, girl. <laughs> the, yes, fucking break up with him. I don't, keep your big dick, keep your money. If you don't, that is fucking disgusting if you don't tip. Wait, a big dick is disgusting? I fuck people that don't tip. You can just take this, okay? People that don't tip, I cannot. I cannot take it. I mean, obviously, like I mean, I've worked in the service industry and I've had needed tips to support myself. But it's really fucked up when people don't tip in the United States of America. Well, what's the he says hourly wage? What's That's the hourly true. wage like? Dollar fifty when you're a waitress. Well, he, I don't think that he. Know, I mean, yeah, the hourly rate for in this United in the in the United States for waiters. Um, last time I checked, mm-hmm. uh, minimum wage for waiters and so people in the service industry uh, was two dollars <laughs> and ninety something cents <laughs> per hour, it, which is horrible. And I was a waiter too. I worked in a drag restaurant. That's right. I won't say the name of it, <laughs> but you can look it nice up. Nice lipstick and. Nice uh-huh. lipstick. Cha-ching! And uh, <laughs> that was subtle. And yeah, it was really tough because not only in a restaurant do we have to like show up and do the job and like wait on people and bring them their drinks and put up with their stuff. But then in the drag restaurant, we also had to like buy gowns and fi- mm-hmm. get hair do- dues and, you know, pr- pr- prepare performances. And this was all for that hourly rate of $2 and something cents. And so we really depended on making those tips and anything extra is very well appreciated. And so no, like people don't, people, the the employers already know 
that that it's a tipping industry right. and so they've intentionally kind of brought down the the ways that people can earn earn money unless you're in the union if you're in a if you're in a w- restaurant or a bar that's unionized mm-hmm. then you do get a fair hourly wage wage and that's mostly only the hotel industry but re- but restaurants and kind of mom and pa restaurants or things that um are are not union which is most restaurants um, are are subject to just like a regular hourly tip, which is taxed, mm-hmm. um, an hourly wage, which is taxed, and so people do depend on your your. Whatever, tip. he's just fucking cheap. It doesn't even fucking matter. Uh, it, like, it, it, and you're trying to ask, like, and she's trying to say, like, why are people so cheap? Like, why don't people tip? Because people. Ugh. Expect, lack, ex- empathy. lack empathy uh and she says that she doesn't have the same perspective he doesn't have the same perspective that she does because you know she spent nine years working in the service industry and just like some some people just cannot mm-hmm. dust the fucking cobwebs off their wallet even when they're supposed to and it's just so i dated someone that was really fucking cheap before i dated somebody that that was so cheap they sued FedEx for two thousand. How cheap were they? They sued FedEx for two thousand dollars <laughs> because they received their package a day late. A day. But it wasn't. It wasn't okay. like. Any, well, was it medication no, or something? It, no, it was. It was two CDs. I mean, this is like. This it was is like a two thousand two and shit. <laughs> okay. So anyway, no, I can't. I. And, and, but but here's the thing: is that she's completely right because her friends are saying. Look, don't break up with him. It's just this one thing. He has a lot of money. He makes you laugh. He's got a big dick. Like everything else is good. Big deal. He's not a good tipper. And she's like, no, because she's saying that this speaks volumes about his personality. And I, I couldn't agree more. I, I and the, there's I, nothing. Yeah. There's nothing more of a turnoff for me, is is greed and the the love of money to the extent that it disenfranchises other people. So I, I definitely say break up with them. I definitely say definitely who cares what your friends say if, if if people look different when they're bad tippers to me like even if they're good looking three even if uh, they're good looking but they're they come they're extremely cheap then i mean listen i, mm-hmm. I look i'll be the first to say i don't think you have to tip everybody like i don't think like if the uber driver is literally bringing me two minutes to ralphson up i might not tip him after i just gave him seven dollars for a ride like you mean through the yeah, app through the app i might i might not mm-hmm. tip if i just paid like seven dollars for a ride that took a minute and a half but you always pay the waitress and they're on their feet all day and so, like it, well that's it that's the thing that we have to, to to i mean there is that that um instance of happening of like okay Star- starbucks <laughs> is notorious for for be notoriously or famous or well known for paying their employees a fair mm-hmm. wage and making sure they have health insurance and and these types of things like that's it's been reported everybody knows that Starbucks is actually a good job compared to maybe some other things like maybe a McDon a McDonald's job which I don't know if McDonald's takes care of their employees in the same way that Starbucks does but Starbucks has been doing it since like the late nineties mm-hmm. right and so. <clears throat> It is interesting sometimes when you might see a tip jar at a Starbucks because it's okay to tip. And I mean, a tip should be, a tip went from, I guess the definition of a tip went from, here's a little extra because you did something personal for me that I think deserves something personal to an industry standard. And there are some places that have a tip jar and I'm like, really? Like, do we have a tip jar for that? Um and so I do think it's like, you know, I think I think one of the selling points, a tip jar just allows 
the employer, Mm -hmm. the company, the corporation to be cheap with their employees. But then what ends up happening is if that person now depends on tips, then now it's our responsibility to pay not only the restaurant Mm -hmm. or the the bill of the thing. You know, if the restaurant bill for a piece of cake and a a drink is three hundred dollars, it makes it difficult to, to justify tipping sometimes, you know, especially since like should is that included? Should it be? And so I think it's it's really interesting that we put the the comp the corporations in a position where they can overcharge for a slice of cake and the drink, but also not pay their employees well, and puts the burden on the on the customer to not only pay that three hundred dollar bill, but then also pay the thing. I'm I completely am all for tipping. Like I always tip twenty percent, and I've had some bad. And you should tip, and you should feel good about have, it too. Like you shouldn't be like uh, I do. Yeah, I feel exactly. good. Because like, I feel like twenty like, percent oh, is a minimum. Like, I feel good when I tip. 20% I feel good when I tip a drag queen. I feel good when I when I show my gratitude with money. And if I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm dropping a hundred dollar tip here and there. But if I like, if I show people that you know, I, you know, I appreciated their service or I recognize what they do, and I you know recognize that they're and good that's at their job. what a tip means. Right. As you recognize, and it. I also feel like you do. that the money but will come back to you when you do it with that feeling. You know what I'm saying? There's the one piece in there that is like tipping represents two things to people. Tipping represents to some people like a certain certain type of mathematics <laughs> that they're not ready to calculate in their right. head when when they're at a restaurant. Um, I never do the math <laughs> and and etiquette. I think an insecurity within within etiquette or a culture that a lot of people just aren't necessarily raised on. There, you know, there's a lot of people who don't go out to restaurants as kids because, especially in this country, they just their family didn't have the money. They never took them out. The only restaurant that they would ever go out to is a place like a McDonald's where you don't have to tip. Mm-hmm. And so now, all of a sudden, when they're an adult and they're earning their own wage, they're at a restaurant and. I do think that I do see people. I look around and see Especially people tourists. sweating, like start sweating bullets. Because they're like, I don't know how to do this math, and I don't really know about this culture, like, and they just they they're unaware of really the the real etiquette behind tipping, right. just like they don't know which fork to use first. Do you know what I mean? And and I think that the defense mechanism is just to like, here, here's here's money, I'm leaving, right. and they don't even want to deal here's with two dollars. So here's two dollars. Yeah, here's two dollars. That's something, and they don't really understand. And they also make their decisions on their. Um, Built like on their menu options when they're ordering without considering that there's going to be a 20% increase on the price. So if you only have a hundred dollars in your pocket, then don't order in a restaurant the $100 thing, right? Because that's not going to leave enough for tax and tip. And I think that's a part of it. We don't really make tipping an educational part of like growing up. For kids Whatever, don't for leave people. the fucking house if you're not going to tip, okay? Just be ready to fucking tip. And I hate it when people show up to restaurants and, like, and they just not, and are, they show up to a restaurant and with, like, 20 bucks, like, to go out to eat with their friends, and they don't have any money for tipping. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, people, people are so afraid to spend the extra money, and it's, it's really... It's really disappointing when you date somebody and they're a bad tipper. So I say fucking dump them. I agree. I say dump them. And especially think, if he just throws I a fucking think, dollar on the table, like, you're there. You know, that, that's even worse. Yeah, that's... 
I have, I have, I had some it, people, uh, I had people like put a penny in front of me before when I was a bartender just because I didn't give like, like a fucking like free reef. I don't know, whatever fucking reason. I throw that shit right the fuck back in their face. That shit is so disrespectful. Whatever. See, I am, I am so triggered right now because I just, I've worked in the service industry for so long and bartended and it's like, it really fucks up your mood. So anyway, dump him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would dump him. Um, I, I disagree. I, I don't think that he necessarily him. needs to be dumped. Um, you know, I, I mean, I look, if you're already ready, if you're ready to dump him anyway, then you need to do what you right. need to do. If this is the only reason to dump him, then no. Like, if you're in a relationship with somebody, like, why are you in that relationship with him? Do you really like him at all? Did you ever really like him? And is the only reason that you got with him is because you hoped he would tip? I don't know. Like, if it's a bad relationship overall, mm-hmm. then then I then I definitely don't think it's, it's worth staying in a relationship j- regardless of his tipping prowess. Um, And I do think that, you know, I do think that, you know, if you're going to dump him, at least lecture him on the values of tipping first. You know, at least let him know how important it is. But, you know, then again, they say that there's people who are millionaires because they don't tip and they're not generous and they're not empathetic to other people. So who knows? You know, here we are. are, And Amazon doesn't pay their Exactly. I was just thinking that. (laughs) They don't get any taxes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let us know how it goes, darling. If you're on the market and we see you on Tinder, we will know that we should include 20% before we swipe right. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the next question. Okay. Now this, I had just, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a warning. Okay. Like I had to go, I had to talk to the guy that emailed this to me and go back and forth a few times. So like pay close attention. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I know what comment I want to say right away. Here we go. Cue music. Hey guys, I'm a happily partnered, low-income, 35-year-old, cisgender, gay Canadian. I'll do my best to condense this story with all its moving parts. I've had a crazy couple of years with my family and I need help processing how to cope with my feelings. Recently, my parents have both passed away, my mother first in 2014 and my father in 2019. When my father died, he left my uncle in charge of his estate. My uncle had met with my father several times in person and over the phone prior to his passing and requested to be executor to the estate. My father felt good about this and appointed him executor. The morning after my father died, my uncle called me and said he didn't have time to deal with my father's will, that it was a mess and he would and he would need to get someone else to handle it. Three months went by and he convinced my sister, who was my aunt, to take over the estate. This is where it gets complicated. Pay close attention. Okay. <laughs> I have five <laughs> I have five siblings and I am the youngest. I have four brothers and one sister. Two of my brothers are trans men. I am the youngest of six children but but the only one both but the only one from both my mom and my dad i lived my young life with none of my siblings so pretty much felt like an only child out of all of my siblings i was the only one that spent time with my father towards the end of his life so my father left me two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and only left each of my siblings sixty four thousand dollars here we go Now, my aunt, who is now the executor to the estate, feels my father was unfair 
in his will and is now dealing in fighting the process to try to make my father's estate more equal. I have been... Delaying. Right. I have been left completely out of the loop. And when I tried to make contact, I am, in, I am ignored. It took me six months to even find out what lawyer my aunt was using to begin processing the information for my dad's estate. I feel alone because my family has it or won't reach out to me, scared because my aunt is an oxy-popping mafia wife. I'm stressed because I'm low income and my dad wanted me to be okay when he was gone, and I feel guilty because he left me $250,000 and my five other siblings $64,000. How do I process my grief, overcome my negative thoughts, and still live day to day? Since my father died in April, I've left my house less... I've left my house less than 30 times. I don't eat right and I can't seem to compl- I can't seem to complete daily tasks. What would you do? I don't want to go on medications because it's just not for me. I just need some perspective from two people who I look up to. Well, thank you. Sincerely, Sugar Pie, Cocoa, Kahlua and Milk. Not Kahlua and Milk. Can I just Remember say, that? Can trend? I just say that you know, I lived in Boston before I moved to New York City. And in in Boston, Kahlua is like every fifth drink, somebody wants Kahlua. And Kahlua then you moved to New York and no, I had, I never used Kahlua once. It's just strange. Really? Yeah. I ne- like no one ever orders Kahlua. It's like that bottle that stays there, but I keep changing the Kahlua bottle all the time in Boston. Anyway. But they always have it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And Kahlua is the coffee flavored, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kahlua and cream. I remember people used to drink it. But I think it has more to do with the fact that it's straight up like 90s and early 2000s drink. Yeah. And you have to, people aren't doing those like refrigerated like Baileys and cream and Kahlua and cream and all that stuff. I'll have a Kahlua and a Zima. Oh my God, remember Zima. Anyway, would you please make that someone's last name? Yes, request. The note's taken. (laughs) All right, so tell them Uh, what the fuck to do. (laughs) uh, um, Sugar pie... Um, I don't. I honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss and very speechless for this. Like it's, it's, it's obviously extremely complex. When you said this is where it gets complicated, and then you <laughs> went in on the five siblings, I was like, oh my goodness, this is where it gets. I feel like um, Meryl Streep and Death Becomes Her. Now a warning. <laughs> now a warning. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know who could do that good is Jackie B. <laughs> I, I want to watch that with you again, like, or we haven't watched it together. We should watch it. Anyway, sugar pie. Um, it's really tough. Uh, I I think you need to make sure that your voice is heard on this will. I don't. I'm not an expert on legal situations, but I can I can say that there's two things, that, two areas that need to be dealt with. Like number one is dealing with the the actual legal arrangements with the will. Whether that means completing conversations with the lawyer, getting your own attorney, I don't know. It, it, it seems like there's hopefully there's some protections you have in terms of like legally, um, but it, it seems like it could be a mess. It seems like if someone's the executor of the will, then they have the ultimate power, um, you know. And I so I think maybe the only recourse you have really like is to appeal to the family. To convince the family mm. to let the, let you keep the money the way that it was kept, and I don't know, like, but a lot of that has to do with like getting them to understand, you know, your side of the story. And I don't, when it, money comes down to it, when it comes down to money, that's a tough 
cookie, tough nut. To well, there's there's a, a like, there's a, a lot of things going on here. First of all, there's one that's his grief, one that's his guilt, and one that's I'm broke. I need some fucking money. So first of first of all. You know, if I completely respect the fact that you don't want to go on medications to deal with your depression since your parents had died. Uh, particularly, your father seems to have hit you really hard. He just died in 2019, says he only left the house like 30 mm-hmm. times. I would say leave the house and go to a therapist and have somebody to talk to and some type of mm-hmm. grief counselor about that. That's completely separate. And you need to find a way to deal, Either find way. a way to deal with your grief in a healthy way regardless. And staying inside the house and not, not leaving is not the way to do it. So please leave the house and go talk go talk to a professional about how to deal with grief and there are definitely there are definitely people that can help you with this and this is something that everybody goes through and i'm sure that you getting different perspectives on how to deal with grief would, would truly help you. And I believe that this is a passing thing. I don't think that it will be with you forever. The other side is mm-hmm. you getting your fucking money. Now, this aunt who does not, that he does not get along with, uh, that he mm-hmm. does not get along with, she, like, if you read between the lines, she's doing this so that she can make a profit off of this. If she's the one negotiating the will for uh, the for the other uh, for the other kids in the will, then she's going to make some money off this. And especially if she's a mafia wife, you know she's thinking about money. And second of all, I'm not even I'm not even kidding. If she really is the mafia wife and has mafia connections and knows people that can... But doesn't that mean that the whole family is a mafia? If she's a mafia wife, then who is in the mafia? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, okay. that might be like outside the family. So it might be like his uncle by due to her marriage. Like it's, it's marriage. not necessarily mm-hmm. close to his blood... Relatives, not to mention, he says that he seemed he wasn't close with any of his brothers and sisters and grew up like an only child. Anyway, what I'm saying is, you might really want some protection because pe- the number one reason people kill people is because of money. So if you're so mm-hmm. if she's a mafia wife, like you might really want to think about that and before you have conversations with her about it. Now, the other thing, and this seems to be a big part, is you feel guilty that you're getting $250,000 and your brothers and sisters are only getting $64,000. But I'm saying they should feel lucky to get $64,000 if they haven't been talking to their father. If you're the only one showing up for Christmas and, show, and bringing a turkey to Thanksgiving and rolling through with cranberry sauce and calling up on his birthday and making sure that he's okay and making sure that he has everything he needs and there's water in the refrigerator and there's bread in the cabinet, then then you're the, you're the good son to you're the good sibling like taking care of dad and they're not so why wouldn't he give you more money and so i i think that you should man i mean i don't know what should he do i I mean how does he force the money what's he gonna go do kill them to get the money like pisses me the fuck off is that the uncle said the uh, the uncle said that he that 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 he would that he would graciously take care of the will is the ex- executor, and that and that he would be in charge of it, and that that his that the, his brother, the he dad, on could rely on him. And then she literally just said the morning after, he's like, "I can't deal with this." So then he should have given it to you, since you're the next closest relative. If the mom's dead, the dad's dead, the brother doesn't want to do it. You know, the I, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't I mean, I maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't know how how close his aunt was, but I suspect that you were closer if you're the one showing up for Thanksgiving. So. You, no one, nobody can tell me that there's nobody that you can't talk to about this, and you must have some type of rights when it comes to this. But don't feel guilty about getting more money. That's your money. 
And that's how your father wanted it. And he wanted to make sure that you were okay. And don't settle. Don't, whatever you do, even if you're leaning towards it, don't call your aunt be like, okay, let's just put all the money together and we'll split it six ways. No. Like, that, if that's how your father wanted it, then you should stand by that. And I think that you should talk to somebody about that. I, I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm the last person who has anything to say about anything legal with paperwork and money and how, like, wills get split up. But there must be, there, there must be, um, an accountant or an attorney that you can talk to about making sure that you get paid and this doesn't get drawn out. Um, well, I think it's going to be drawn out either way. It already sounds, if it was that cut and dry, then he'd already have the money. Um, and so I think one of the things that really interesting after being witness to some of these conversations, I I had two opinions about wills and money. My first opinion, opinion about wills and money was before I turned 18 and it was just basically like, oh, this person died. I got money. Here's a new fresh start, brand new money. Boom. And then my second uh, thought about it was everything that goes into not only the relationship of taking care of that person, but like who paid for certain college bills? Who, who, who <clears throat> excuse me, who's the person, who are the people who helped raised this person or that person or, you know, like wh- who lent somebody money 25 years ago, you know, and bought their first car you know, I think these decisions also go into who gets the money, you know, or how money is split up. Um, and so there might be some factors in play. I'm just saying as a devil's advocate, there might be some factors in play beforehand that go into why people are, you know, why the money's moving around in the way that it's moving around. Just in general, not only in this case, just in general. Um, <clears throat> and so it's... That's what I mean. Bottom line is people feel an entitlement, mm-hmm. whether they're enti- whether they're actually whether you agree to it or not. But half the time, the entitlement that someone else feels, mm-hmm. if, if we're talking about one pot of money, whatever I feel entitled to, you're probably going to disagree with in some way, shape or form. And whatever you feel entitled with, I'm going to disagree with. There's the, the fact that there's a disagreement about money is to be expected. There's that's why they have wills. And everything in the first place. And unfortunately, the person who ended up in control is not necessarily on your side. And that's the person that the law is going to recognize as in control. You can talk about how much you paid for um, Christmas jam or whatever, put bread in the counter. But the bottom line is, if whoever's the executor is the executor. So the only way to do that is to convince a judge or somebody that they're irresponsible and shouldn't be the executor, which means... That you're going to be, that's going to be tied up for another 10 years. Or, oh my God, your beard. (laughs) Or, um, or you have to get the aunt or whoever is going to be the executor. You have to get them on your side and make them, like, make, make them see the reasons. And, And I'm specifically talking about in terms of the money. But there's, there's lots of times where, like, people get a certain amount of money and it automatically, like, surprise, here comes your dad's medical bills that were unpaid. Surprise, here comes that, um, you know, military bill that your dad had from night before the war that you never even knew about. And once people die, all, if he only died a year ago, believe me, stuff is going to start coming out of the woodwork. People, ways that, like, once they find out that he died and there was a sum of money... People who he owed money to are going to start coming out of the woodworks. Companies that he owed money to are going to start trying to but collect. And so, he could have possibly taken care of that for this particular problem before. We he don't died. know. We don't know. But I'm just saying that, like, it's not so. So it's not the the be all end all 
you know, and I know that this is important and I know that it's symbolic uh, of your relationship with, with, with exactly. your exactly. father. But I think you, there's only two, you only have two choices. Be in the situation that we're in right now where you don't have the money that you want or deserve and never leave the house and be depressed about it and, and fixate on that. Or do your best to start putting together your life that will be strong and productive regardless of the outcome. And I think that's the better path to go. I'm going to, um, I'm doing the math right now. Okay. So if it's 200, hold up. If it's $250,000 plus 50 plus $320,000, which was for them to split. So it's five hundred and now. Do they get sixty five thousand dollars each? No. Or okay, so what he said was that she, that she that he was going to get two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and then they were splitting three hundred and twenty thousand dollars, which equals okay. 64, so they each get sixty four. So it's a total of five hundred and seventy thousand dollars divided by six equals. All right. So then they would all get ninety. If they all put it on, if they all put it together, they would all get ninety five thousand dollars. And I say fuck that. I say fuck that and that you need to talk to an attorney and that you if this is what the this is what your father wanted to leave you this your your aunt isn't picking up the phone because I'm sure she has a little inclination that you might need the money so she's waiting for you to throw in the towel raise the white flag and just say okay let's just split it six ways and I don't think that you should do that and especially because that's what your father wanted and also because like it is symbolic of the fact that you were the son that was there for him particularly um, on the in the last years of his life, so I I want an update on mm-hmm. this. What's her name again? Sugar by Coco, Kahlua, and Milk. So uh, <laughs> let us know how it goes, and I hope that you get your money. I truly do. And I, me too. And I, but get and you, ready. You to... know the aunt's doing this because she wants a cut, and that's the shady thing about the whole thing. Is she she wouldn't be holding yeah. out unless she was. I guess cut in it. the meantime, you better apply for food stamps because that money doesn't sound like it's coming anytime soon mm-hmm. until she dies. But the first thing you should do is take care of your grief. And I believe everything else will fall in line after that because you need to be in a healthy state of mind, not to deal with this, but to deal with everything and just doing, you know, getting up and brushing teeth in the morning if you're going through grief. And I, and I really feel for you on that. So please talk to a professional or some, a grief counselor or someone like our friends at better help. Exactly. <laughs> nice pitch, Pat. All right, so let's hit the next question. All right, sounds good. Question number three, cue music. Dear Kaz and Pap, I'm a 26-year-old black trans woman living in Connecticut. I work as a bank teller and make about $45,000 a year. I've been dating this guy for almost two years, and my boyfriend my boyfriend is an accountant. Ooh, okay, convenient. And I believe that he makes at least $33,330, pardon me, $1,000 a year. Mm. I'm giving you all these numbers so that you can better understand my situation. My boyfriend wants me to move into his house. It's actually perfect timing because my lease is up in March. I would really like to live with him, and I feel that we will be very compatible sharing a space. The only problem is he wants to split the, split the rent bill in half. Right now, I pay about $1,200 a month in rent. If I move into his house, I will be paying $1,900 a month in rent. Here's my thing. I think that he should pay more because he makes more money. But he wants everything split right down the middle. This is really annoying because he seems to take into 
and he seems to take into no account that I make about a fifth of what he makes in a year. Am I being selfish because I want him to pay more based on his income? Let me know what you think. Love, Dahlia Sin, Gin, Ginger, Gin and Ginger Ale. It's funny how money changes the situation. What a perfect way to set a track. So. My advice is pretty cut and dry, so if yours is more detailed, maybe you should just go first. Because it's pretty simple. She can't fucking afford well, it. She can't afford it. She can't afford to move in there. If you make $45,000 a year, you can't drop $2,000 on rent and still like survive. Yeah, you should be sa- Moving in should be you're saving like good reasons to move in because it's going to save you both right. money and... Um, you love each other or whatever mm-hmm. and you want to share space. But it should save you. Moving in should be something you say. Or or we put our money, like we make a plan. We want to live right. together. We want to maybe buy a house together. So uh, let me calculate my situation. You calculate yours. And and we we, fi- we find something that works for both of our monies. Mm-hmm. And we, we save towards it or we both put down, if we're going to put down half, we both own it. Moving into someone else's apartment whose name is on the lease means that if you break up, you'll be the one who has to leave or, you know, something like that. And so, you know, I think it's one thing to split down the middle a house mm-hmm. or something that you purchase. Mm-hmm. But if it's going to be an apartment or something that you're renting, then I I don't think that it's it, it should be as cut and dry as like, you know, right down the middle, we both split it. Now, I think everybody should be paying into the living situation. Um but it, it, I don't think this this doesn't sound like the good, a good situation. No. Like you said, like you shouldn't move in anywhere where you can't afford. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, like, so don't not do to it. mention when you live with somebody and one person pays significantly more than the other, even if you both agree to it. I feel like there's very resentment. often this resentment, and then also feel like, well, I'm paying eleven hundred dollars more than she is, so I'm going to choose the furniture or no, she, like, tr- and then treating the person that pays less money like they're like. A renter from you. Scrimp, scrimp, um, what's that? Oh, I can't think of the word. Where they're like scrounging or like trying to get over on you and paying paying less and whatever. I can't think yeah, of Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, I just think that you could be getting to a lot of complications and it's really simple. It's like, look, this is what I can afford it. And, you know, I'd love to live with you, but that's, you know, I, I do understand why people want things split down the middle, especially like when you have a new roommate situation. Like, I hate it when people are like, Oh, well, me and my boyfriend share a bedroom, so we're just splitting what would be a half the rent. You know what I mean? Like, or, or the shit like that, when you all share the living room and you all share the bathroom and you all share the kitchen. Like, I do feel like in general, when it, sh- it, it should be split by how many people are in the house when roommates live together. So, you know, five roommates, they split it five ways. Like, I believe that that should happen. However, in this situation, he wants you to move into his place. You're making it more affordable for him. So he's just trying to, I don't know, I feel like he's being really cheap if he really wants you to pay, you know, what is it, seven, what was she, $900? I forgot. What was she paying, $1,200? $1,900 so a month. Yeah, so she's getting, so $700 yeah, more. Yeah, $700 more. Like, I mean, does he have no clue that you're not in the same financial a situation as he is as far as like you being a bank teller and him being an accountant. I mean, he must have an idea. I mean, if you literally make like, yeah, that's right. Like <clears throat> either a fifth or a sixth of what, of what he makes in a year that he can't possibly expect you to 
uh, go up to paying about $1,900. Well, aside from that, like being a bank bank teller or not, or however much money they earn or not, like money is not permanent and people lose jobs. So then when a job situation changes, you still are supposed to be expected to pay your portion of the rent or get a new job that will cover that portion of the rent. And so it's just not, it's not necessarily financially wise to get into a situation where you know you're going to, I mean, nobody wants to increase their rent by that much money. No, no dollars a that. month. No boyfriend's worth that. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't think so either. And it's probably, I don't know how long that these, I mean, two years is, it is, I guess in, in some regards, two years is, is a long time, but by other regards, keeping your same apartment, like your own individual spaces mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. while is not a bad idea either, especially while you save and just, you know, look towards something different. Maybe you want to live in a nice, fancy neighborhood with him, which means you need to be, make, work your way towards being the bank president. And once you're the bank president, then you can split that thing with him. You know, that's what I live would alone. probably like focus, focus on that job. Don't live with your boyfriend. Oh, my God. I feel like I say this like every single week. Don't move in with your fucking boyfriend. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And not to mention $700. You know what you could do with $700 a month? You know, you can move into your own spot. You know, get that chaise lounge you want. Well, no, but now she has mm-hmm. to move out because her lease is up. Apparently, unless she wants to renew okay. her lease, but or she or if she stays or if she stays there, she could redecorate her apartment, get herself a new refrigerator, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck she wants to do, you know, um, go buy go, go buy um, go, go get your nails did. I know where you could go get them go for two hundred. Go buy the new Ivy Park set. <laughs> You know, go get the go buy that Ivy Park that parachute. Go buy that parachute cape, girl. <laughs> like, there's a lot you could do with your money rather than what pay more for the misery of living with your boyfriend. No, I agree. So don't do it. Let us know how it goes. I think you should not move in with him, but try to keep the relationship alive because it sounds like he makes a cute coin. He could take you out to dinner. Just make sure he tips and um, keep us posted if uh, if we see you on Craigslist looking for a place. We'll know. <laughs> yes, keep us updated. <laughs> All right, well, I got no more questions. Uh, I got no more answers. I hope we, I don't feel like we helped anybody today. (laughs) Well, I mean, these were some really tough, um, you know, financial things are always like, you know, there's always more detail and and, and it's tough situations, but we did our best, you know. Um, So we gave Sage advice. I also want to say real quick, and so that um, the, the gentleman who's actually very sweet. I had a bit long back and forth from getting details about the um, the the will and testament. A second question mm-hmm. is that about five or six times in his email, he was referring to his trans transgender uh, uh, female to male siblings. siblings as transgendered. And Peppermint is really quick to call anyone out. And I used to make that the mistake too. So to anyone listening, I just want to point out, I was almost going to keep the mistake in there just so we could talk about it and make a point that this is not how you say it. It's not transgendered. It's transgender. So just want to make that very clear. I also want to let everyone yes. know that if you, um, not only if you have any questions that you want to send to us for advice, if you have anyone you want to recommend to us for our exemplary queens, they don't necessarily have to be famous. They just have to be movers and shakers and in the uh, LGBTQAI plus community and working hard uh, for the people So and making moves. So if there's someone that you know that you think that we should uh, give a shout out to and make them a weekly exemplary queen, uh, we'd be happy to consider it. 
Yes, we would. Oh, and by the way, that email is askkazandpep at gmail.com. Of course, go follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is looking like mighty dusty right now. But <laughs> just go. We're, we're, it's, a, a, it's a mess podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us everywhere. And uh, definitely subscribe if you haven't already, baby. And that's true. And as usual, faces, places, and names have been changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Ew, ew, ew.